All right, everyone, welcome back to week seven, episode two of our 2024 LBC Bible Reading Plan podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan White, and today we'll be discussing Galatians chapter three. Now, Galatians is really, honestly, probably my favorite letter uh, of Paul. Uh, I say that as a really, like I could say all of them are my favorite, like that's an impossible claim to make. But Galatians is just so good because it's like, Paul is talking to his kids is what it feels like. It's so, uh, like you just feel his passion for the the people there and you feel like honestly how annoyed he is that they keep failing to, to live out the truth that he had taught them. So in the case of the Galatian church here, they had basically been, uh, they had come up against this group called the Judaizers who kind of proclaimed to be Christians, but also wanted everybody to live under the Jewish law and that even though they had been taught that grace was by faith in Christ alone, and that's how they received their righteousness, these Judaizers were basically trying to say that even if they were Christian, they still had to live under the law, uh, and that was how they were made righteous, was by the law uh, and not through grace. So they were really just teaching a false gospel, right? They were teaching a gospel of the law rather than a gospel of grace. And they had pointed to Abraham really as like their model, like even looking to Abraham more so than looking towards Christ as their example. Uh, and even over the last few days, I've seen talk on Facebook of, uh, I've somehow stumbled upon these biblical archeology span pages that I get sponsored ads from all the time. Y'all know how Facebook is with that kind of stuff. Now, um, I'll probably get some more now that I'm talking about them on this podcast, but, uh, there was one, even, I think this morning, even that I saw that showed the tomb of Abraham, supposedly, uh, and basically how, just talked about how it's like the second most revered place in all of the Jewish religion, uh, and how people will like go and like kind of just be reverent there before the tomb of Abraham. Uh, and especially in the second temple Jewish culture, when the time of the, of Jesus and the disciples, Abraham was really revered and like your status as a child of Abraham mattered and you were you achieved that status by how well you held to the law. And that's what these Judaizers were trying to get these early Christians to do, right? They were trying to argue that because Abraham kept the law uh, perfectly, that he was made righteous. But the reality in that is that they don't go back in their scriptures far enough to see that that wasn't the case for Abraham at all, right? So now Paul is going to show them the real argument. He's taking them to their own scriptures and is going to show that Abraham was not justified by his ability to keep the law, but he was justified by faith. And it's incredible that they would even try to make this argument. And that's what Paul's going to show them here, uh, really in chapter three, as he begins to uh, just defend his claim that justification is by faith alone, not by works. And in chapter three, the first three words are incredible. I'm not sure how your translation reads it. I'm reading from the ESV. And it says, oh, foolish Galatians. Like he just straight up calls them out. Like at the beginning of this chapter, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. And then like you go from there and like he set the tone here. Like he's not like he's taking the gloves off here. Like he's not babying them. He straight up calls them foolish and then argues that the argument that they're being tricked by, that these Judaizers teaching this false gospel, their argument doesn't even make sense, is basically what he tells them. He goes down, and in, in verse 6, he says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Like, that he's pointing back to the Abraham that these Judaizers are trying to reference to show that Abraham was not justified by his works, but was justified by his faith, and his faith was counted to them 
was counted to him as righteousness. And so he's arguing that if Abraham was declared righteous before the law ever even existed, how could someone need the law then to be righteous? And he points out how the law ends up coming over 400 years after Abraham even lived, right? If you jump down in verse 17, that's what he talks about there. But the law doesn't even come around for for centuries after Abraham uh, was there. So how could it be possible that he was justified by his ability to keep the law when the law didn't even exist? So he points back to these promises to Abraham now that through Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. So Abraham, again, was declared righteous because of his faith. So the following thought then that the Gentiles, the Jews, all those who would descend from Abraham would be included in these promises. Now, the Gentiles obviously didn't physically descend from Abraham. They are later brought in by their faith, right? That's what the whole point of this is, is that all nations would be blessed through Abraham, him being counted righteous by his faith, not by works. And Paul argues now that the Holy Spirit is evidence of this. He goes on to mention the Holy Spirit really just multiple times in all of his letters, but he really points to the Holy Spirit here as evidence that this is the reality, right? Because he says the Jews receive the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts chapter 2 at the day of Pentecost. But then we see the Gentiles receive the same Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10. And you read even in the book of Acts how this discussion plays out of how are the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's because their faith comes through, or their righteousness comes by faith, not through works. So in the Holy Spirit, the primary job that the Holy Spirit has then is to unite us together in Christ and with Christ. So we are brought together as Jews, as Gentiles, all in the same faith, all made righteous by faith in Christ, not by our works, not by our ability to keep the law, not by how well we can uh, attend church, not by how much we tithe, none of these things. It's through faith in Christ alone. So then Paul goes into really this kind of legal argument, basically, is what he does. He's like arguing his case. Uh, And he points back again to the story of Abraham in the Old Testament. And in verse 16, we see him even kind of expositing those scriptures a little bit. He says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say into his offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So Paul uh, Paul is making the argument here that like Jesus is the offspring who was promised, right? That through Abraham's offspring, all nations of the world will be blessed. He's not referring to the Jewish people and their law that they hold so high. He's referring to Christ singularly. And through Christ, all nations of the world will be blessed. Not because he enables us to keep the law. The law, Paul argues, is just a placeholder to point people towards righteous living that would only be made perfect in Christ. Christ upheld the law where we could not. He died the death that we should have died because of our as punishment for our inability to keep the law, as we saw last time in Genesis 15. When we broke covenant with God, because of the way that covenant relationship works, we should have faced the punishment uh, detailed there in, in Genesis 15. But Christ took that punishment for our sake, dying on the cross, rising from the grave so that we might be made righteous through our faith in him. And when we come to faith in him, when we trust in Christ for our salvation, this is what Paul says in verse 25 and 26. He says, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, meaning we're no longer under the law. But in verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. And now Paul is calling all of us sons of God because we have been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to level the playing field, right? There's no longer now that Paul's going to argue in verse 27 and 28 
Here in 28, he says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So for these Judaizers who were claiming that to be a, a true believer that you had to uphold the law, or to be a true Christian you had to uphold the law and live out the Jewish law, Paul just shreds that argument apart and points to the truth that righteousness comes only by faith in Jesus Christ, and that to be given the Holy Spirit means we are all now sons of God, no longer under the need to fulfill the law because Christ has fulfilled it on our behalf. When we receive Christ, when we trust in him, when we receive righteousness, we're given the Holy Spirit, all these distinctions that the Jewish law tried to make no longer matter, right? There is no Jew nor Greek, male or female, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, the blessing of that is your place in that family, your place as a son or daughter of the king, is always secure. We don't have to worry about uh, our fear of, of losing that promise because in verse 29, Paul closes in this chapter, he says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise. So where the Judaizers argued that in order to be Abraham's offspring, you had to uphold the law, Paul shows them the truth that in Christ, you are given the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit is the assurance that you are Abraham's offspring, blessed through his one singular offspring, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose from the grave, fulfilling the law on our behalf. What a beautiful argument this is. Paul is truly like just a master in the way he exposits the text and argues for the faith, right? And it's just such an example to us of how uh, we should be passionate about learning the scriptures so that we can then share with others. Uh, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, next time we'll look uh, at Genesis chapter 17, uh, talking about circumcision, which again comes up as a big uh, dividing factor in the New Testament believers in the early church. So we'll look forward to talking with you then. And until then, God bless.